Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie. Today, I've got Dr. Blake Kochstein with us for a round two. Blake and I have spoken a lot over different channels and mediums, whether it's podcasting or CSA modules, in-person, webinars, all kinds of different things. And we uh, always bounce different things back and forth. One of the things that kind of connect us now is uh, he is a member of Strategic Coach like I am. And so we dive into a little bit of that today. One of the big parts we talk about is the R factor question, which is R stands for relationships. And it's a it's a strategic coach tool. And uh, we dive into how to apply that into practice. Uh, and we also just talk numbers. We talk about the growth of their practice. Uh, it's a large practice, but how they're managing it and scaling it. And we dive into some of the ideas and concepts that they're working on and have a big vision. So it was a really good uh, wide-ranging conversation, kind of an update show and see how things are going from there. So I know you will enjoy it. There's a lot of good just pearls of growth in this episode. So I know you will enjoy it. Before we dive into this uh, interview, I want to encourage you to check out the Chiropractic Success Academy. We are growing. We are diving in deep into December, we're going to discuss uh, module one is going to be understanding your numbers and analytics. So then you can understand your growth and how much say you can spend on marketing and all the different variables that go into, you know, your office visits, your office visit average, you know, how much is a new patient worth? How's your patient visit average versus your lifetime value of a patient types of things like that. Because then we're gonna, that's gonna set us up into the end of December, where we're gonna dive in and and start to build our 2019 marketing strategy for CSA members. So this is a great time to check that out and to you know register for this month and dive into the material and get really just kind of locked and loaded for 2019. I know I'm excited for 2019. We're gonna be diving a lot into the planning of it how to do a yearly strategy, how to do a six-month, three-month, and then an editorial calendar each month to where it's not overwhelming for you. So check us out at bit.ly forward slash your CSA circle, and that'll get you there and be able to register for the academy. So let's dive into the win obstacle and Facebook post. Uh, The win we've had right now is it's the holidays. I, I love the holidays. I like everything about it. Obviously, it's a little commercialized, which isn't necessarily ideal, but I just love the the music, the decor. The It just seems like everybody's in a better mood, most people. So that is my win. The obstacle is we're in the process as far as the Chiropractic Success Academy and developing kind of a, a content database. You know, one of the things that I like about the the academy is that it, we, we take feedback from the members and it's everybody's kind of helping each other out and giving a lot of good ideas. And and one of the members came up with that thought process and we're, we're workshopping it. We had a call on it and we're going to make this happen. So it's right now it's in the obstacle stage because we're just trying to figure out the best way for there to be kind of this content repository for CSA members only. It's not going to be canned content and that's the obstacle. It's easy to have canned content, but we're trying to make it to where it's curated content, but also it's unique to the member. So that's the obstacle right now. 
Facebook post to highlight was a question I asked about PVA, which is patient visit average, which essentially is taking your amount of office visits for, let's say, a year and dividing that by your new patient's total for the year. And that gives you a number, let's call it 10 or 20, whatever you want. That's on average the amount of visits each new patient comes in. Obviously, some people come in one time and some come in 50. So it's an average versus the lifetime value of a patient, which I don't think the PVA really takes into consideration, but the lifetime value of a patient can be tough, right? So, you know, Bob may come in 10 times and he's got a, you know, technically it's a PVA of 10 and Mary may come in twice, but Mary might've referred four people. And then one of those referrals referred another six people. And that all goes to Mary as far as her lifetime value of a patient, whereas a PVA doesn't really calculate that kind of roughly crudely it does, but not, not really. And so I posted about that, but it's just really hard to track that lifetime value of a patient. Obviously, if you can increase your referability, it's good. I think one thing that I'm going to do is I have a new patient log since I opened my practice in 2010. I could tell you how many new patients I had in May of 2011 based on this and who they came from. So we keep track of who referred them, whether it was Google or if it was Mary. And so I'm probably going to look back into 2018 once it's wrapped up and see, okay, how many of our new patients total did we have? So I'm going to make up numbers just for rough estimate, a hundred new patients. How many of those were referred by another patient? We'll call it 50. So that was 50 people that were referred by other patients, which is kind of half of our new patients if we're using equal numbers. And I think that can kind of give me an idea of how we're doing on there. And maybe I can increase that number. I know one of the members had posted that, that ChiroTouch has this capability, but isn't using it. So I'm not too sure about that. If anybody knows, uh, post on that inside the group, that'd be great on that thread. But that is a Facebook post we had, and there was a lot of good comments and, and answers on there. So check that out. All right. So we're going to dive into the episode with Dr. Blake Cockstein. Again, we had a, a pretty wide-ranging conversation, a lot of good information as far as practice growth, the R-factor question, and other tips, tools, and tactics. All right. Welcome to the show, Blake. I uh, appreciate your time. How's everything going there in the Baltimore, D.C. area? You know, Kevin, it's a great day to be a chiropractor. Life's good right now. I'm very blessed and thank you for having me on your show. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you. Yeah, we obviously talk quite a bit and I wanted to have you on the show as kind of an update. I'd like to have some of the past guests on to see how things are going, some of the mindsets that you're working with, some of the growth, things of that nature. And But one of the things I wanted to ask, because I've had a couple of people ask me this recently, you guys see a dip at all in the wintertime up there? I mean, I get a dip in the summertime. I'm down in South Florida. We see a little bit of a dip. We saw almost 2,000 people in October (laughs) and 160 new patients. Okay. And so November with the holiday, I would say we probably saw a dip with the holiday and the week after the holiday. So on average on Mondays and Wednesdays, we were seeing about 125 and climbing patient visits a day. Mm -hmm. And this week we saw 110 and 106 on Monday and Wednesday. And then Tuesdays is typically our quieter day. Yeah, We're seeing upwards of 100, and we did that again this week. So the numbers are down a little bit, but... Relatively speaking. They go down a little bit November and December in our area. All right, cool. You know, one of the things I've always been impressed since I've got to 
meet you and, and your father back in 2015 was, you know, he's been in practice for quite some time now, but he has quite a growth mindset. And then obviously you've doubled down on that growth mindset. And I like people to hear those types of numbers because it's doable. I know we've had a colleague that spent a little bit of time at your office. I think Josh was there. And I remember him saying that it's a well-oiled machine and people like the team members, the patients, everybody is getting a high level of care even at those types of numbers. My question to that is what are some of the secrets that you guys have been able to do to maintain a high quality of care with a high volume? So I think one of the things that we do really well is no matter how busy we are, Mm -hmm. there's a conversation we have with a patient about why they're here in our office. Yeah. And lately we've gotten really good at asking that question while seeing some really, I would say record numbers for this type of stuff that we're doing with two doctors and now three doctors. You know, Kevin, if you were a patient and you walked into my door and you sat down and we were going through our initial consult and Josh is right. We do have a well-oiled machine. I've got really fantastic staff who handle a lot of things that I don't have to handle that makes my job easier as a chiropractor that allows me to do what I do best, which is see patients, diagnose and do manual therapy. Right. Mm -hmm. And so after the patient has gone through that little initial interview with the assistant, we sit down and I review some stuff. And then I say, Hey, Kevin, Kevin, if you and I were meeting 30 days from now, and we were to look back over those 30 days, what needs to have happened for you to be happy with your progress in our office? Then the patient tells me exactly what they want what they want to have and have happen over those 30 days. And then I say, are there any fears or dangers that are holding you back from achieving those things? If I'm able to help you with your condition, what other opportunities are there for you? And then what personality traits or strengths could be maximized or improved if we're able to get rid of your X, Y, or Z? And right away, the patient tells me what they want to have happen, what they're afraid of of happening, mm-hmm. what they're afraid of losing, what else they'll get out of it. And then personally inside how will things change if I'm able to improve some of those things there? And so we build our care around giving the patient exactly what they want with the best resources available, I think. Yeah. And that's the thing. And we're going to dive into that. You just mentioned, you know, at your volume, you guys are offering a lot. Like it's not just adjustments only. You're doing soft tissue, you're doing rehab, you know, you're giving comprehensive care to these patients. I think a big part of it is we have the support staff to allow us to do the things that we think are the best benefit for the patient and getting them feeling better, faster, and also to get stronger, smarter. A lot of people think, oh, they're doing high volume and they're seeing 2,000 patient visits a day. They're probably just rack them and crack them type. Everyone gets intersegmental traction, heat, and an adjustment, you know? 2,000 a month, right? A month, yeah, excuse me, a month. (laughs) What did I say, a week? You said a day. A day, yeah, I know, yeah, 2,000 a month, yeah. You guys are already growing (laughs) since we started Um, this episode. And so I think that's not the case. We do dry needling, we do passive care, we do post-surgical care all the way up to functional personal training, adjustments, massage, stim. Patient gets whatever is appropriate for them, but multifaceted. And so having a really strong support staff, having a self-managed team has been really helpful for helping us achieve those goals. I agree. And what you mentioned as far as asking the patients those questions, I'm going to dive into that, but I want to get to it in a roundabout way. What are you guys doing for a report of findings as far as when are you doing it? Day one or day two? How much time are you spending with them? And then we'll kind of segue into the Dan Sullivan question. 
Yeah, so my report of finding happens on the first day. We ask those questions and then I get their answers. I read them back to them. So I was like, okay, Kevin, you want us to help reduce your back pain in 30 days. And you're worried that since this has happened three or four times that you're going to have a lifelong back issue. But if I'm able to help you with your back pain, you're able to start working out and playing basketball on a regular basis again. And you'll be less grouchy at work if I'm able to help with your back pain. Is that what you just told me? He's like, yeah, that pretty much sums it up. Okay, we're going to do an exam and start to find out what's going on with your back pain. So we do our initial exam. And then we start treatment right away. So I think the best thing for you is going to be some dry needling and some active care rehab and an adjustment. And so after your adjustment, we're going to sit down and talk about what's going on. So we run them through their treatment plan. We talk about their care. I drop them off to a CA and a CA handles all of that. The lead new patient advocate is in the room with us and she comes out and then drops the patient off with whichever station they need to get involved in next after they come back in. So what you're telling me is that over the next 30 days, you want to achieve this. So this is my plan to help you achieve your goals. We did a comprehensive evaluation and exam on you. Here's my treatment plan based on what we need to do to achieve those goals. I'll see you later in the week or I'll see you next week or I'll see you two more times this week or whatever it is based on what they want to have happened and my expertise and leadership and relationship that I have with the patient. Perfect. Yeah. So obviously you and I both are strategic coach members and it's no secret that I am because I talk about it a lot and you've been getting a lot out of it as well. And those questions you asked were based off of the R factor question or the Dan Sullivan question. It kind of goes by either of, of those names. And basically it's a question that he asked during meetings. It's a little like what you mentioned, we have to tailor it from what the actual question is. Cause his is like, if we're sitting down three years from now, what in this, you know, relationship would have happened for you to be, you know, blah, blah, blah. So obviously we can't do a three-year time frame with our patients. So you've done that. So what are some of the, pardon the pun, some of the adjustments you've made to the R factor question and explain to our audience a little bit better than I did what the R factor question actually is set out to do. So the R factor question is a way for us to find out what's going on with the person who's in front of us, right? And so to kind of find out what really makes them tick. And it allows us to transform their confusion, their isolation, and their powerlessness into things, Kevin, you really like to talk about is clarity, confidence, and capability. Mm-hmm. And so the R factor question is, or the Dan Sullivan question is, if you look at it, what the true question is, is if you and I were to meet three years from now, what needs to have happened both personally and professionally for you to be happy with your progress over those three years? Mm-hmm. The way I'm change that for our offices. I want to be in a relationship with a patient in three years, but I think in a more immediate impact can be what can I do in the next 30 days to help you? Or what can I do in the next 60 days, the next 90 days for you to be have happy with your progress? And then I say, what happens for you to be happy with your progress in our office? Mm-hmm. And so the key things with this is, first of all, when you say in the next 30 days, and when they answer that in their mind, what that does is that says, okay, I'm planning on having a relationship with this doctor for the next 30 days. So it kind of sets them up, say, okay, if I'm with this clinic in this community for the next 30 days, what do I want to see happen, right? Mm-hmm. And then it puts them into the future. And so when they start to think about their future, they start to get a little more clarity about what they really want to have happen. So yeah. a lot of people can say like, I want you to write a piece of paper, purpose of this appointment, fix my back, right? Yeah. But when you ask them, you know, in the next 30 days, what do you want to see happen? I'd like to get a good night's sleep. Mm-hmm. that's nowhere on the paper or their intake form. So when you hear the patient say it and then give it back to them, you really start to bring clarity about what they actually want. And so that's how I really tailor it is I, I shorten that time frame, 
and I make it about their progress in our office, not necessarily their progress personally and professionally. It makes a lot of sense. And, you know, it's, I think the biggest thing, so let me backtrack a little bit. I'm trying to really redevelop our report of findings and I'm all for report of findings. It doesn't have to be this huge dog and pony show and ours is going to be short and concise, probably three to five minutes at the end of visit one. And I'm trying to like plug and play a few things. The R factor question is definitely one of them. We actually send out a welcome letter to our new patients and it addresses those things. So the essential thing that that's trying to address, which strategic coach calls the DOS or the DOS, the dangers, opportunity, and strengths. And there's actually like a DOS game plan form that I fill out. And so this letter that they get is templated, but tailored. And so there's like six different areas in the letter where my CA, based on what I write, like, okay, condition is low back pain. The opportunities are to finish this marathon, to run without pain, to pick up their kid. The strength is they're overall in good health. They're just dealing with an overuse injury, you know, different things like that. So I plug that in real quick and then she plugs that into the template, sends it out as a letter. And so it basically becomes the R factor question put into a DOS letter and patients tend to like that. I'm also trying to mesh in this R factor question with some of the story branding stuff of addressing their internal, external, and philosophical conflicts that Donald Miller talks about. They're Mm kind of similar, right? Like you take the dangers, opportunities, and strengths, and then you've got the internal, external, and philosophical conflicts. And if you can address those in your conversation with them, it's amazing that the communication and the rapport you build with them is going to be a lot better. Yeah, I really like the idea of that. So the reason the DOS question, I think, works so well is that it plays on really three key emotions, emotions that you can't get when you just ask, can you help me with my back pain, right? Mm -hmm. The first big emotion is fear. And it's a fear is, the stress there is the possibility of loss, right? Mm -hmm. So what are they going to lose out on if they don't get their back pain fixed? Yeah. I won't be able to play with my grandkids. Like I've got to take care of a cardiologist and I asked him this question and he said, I can't go on the floor because I can't even get up off the floor Yeah, to play with my two-year-old granddaughter and they're about to have a second and I don't want to miss out on that. And so that was his fear, his fear of missing out on that. Yeah. The second big emotion is new opportunities. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, we help you to back pain. Now what? What else is possible? And the third thing is that confidence. If you help solve an issue for somebody, what confidences are going to be improved or strengthened? That's probably some of my favorite answers I get. Like I like helping people with migraines and they always give me different answers because it's everyone's so unique. And then you can provide unique treatment plans for those type of people. They can say, I want to be less grouchy at work. I want to be more confident in my relationships with my spouse, you know? So just really unique individuals. And I like this approach and what you're trying to do with your report of findings, because it lets you tailor a very specific message to the person in front of you. And people like being listened to. Yeah. If you can actively listen and be a gracious listener and say, here's what you told me you want, what you're afraid of, what could potentially happen if we help you with those things, and how you feel if we're able to improve your condition, here's how I'm going to help you achieve that. Here's my custom treatment plan based on you, and this is what it entails. Sign here to get started, right? Yeah, yeah. versus starting with that. I think too many chiropractors start with what they do and put them in 
the same rigmarole that every patient gets. And I think another thing that I want to make clear to the audience is that this isn't any type of like NLP and you know playing verbal gymnastics with them to try to convince them of something and try to play all this language game to you know sell them and close them on long treatment plans and stuff like that. Frankly, a lot of that stuff bothers me when you're trying to close patients. I just don't like that. And this is like the antithesis of that. All you're really doing is you're trying to get to the root of what their concern is. Like what brought them into your practice? One, two, what's going to get them the best result and obviously let them achieve what's really bothering them. And if you don't have proper communication with them, it's going to be harder to do that. I see a lot of chiropractors make the mistake where they're not giving clear diagnoses. They're not understanding what the patient really wants. They're force feeding certain things to them and it's not what they really want. Or need, really. Or, yeah, yeah, or need. And then there's a whole other subsection of chiropractors that really disgust me, which are the ones that are fear baiting them into these long treatment plans, like you know, turning something that's really not a big deal into six months of care or if they don't, they're never going to be able to play tennis again, right? Like right. there's a lot of that going on where they're looking at this new patient as someone that needs to be in their practice forever. And if they don't, they're going to have this huge, terrible condition that's going to alter the direction of their life. And so that's not what this is about. This is just really connecting with that patient, getting to be on the same page so that when you, like mentioned before, you prescribe their treatment plan there is buy-in and not buy-in from the sense of like you're trying to close them, but just they need to buy into this. Otherwise they're not going to get better. You know, if they come in one or two times because the communication wasn't clear as to what the goals were, then you failed that patient. That's a problem. So that's the essence of what you and I are talking about right now. Yes. And that's a big thing, right? The other thing that I like about when I ask these questions is because I know you and I have talked about this a lot, your ideal patient, who's your ideal patient? Well, you can have some coming in and give you lackluster answers to these questions. Uh-huh. If their only thing was fix my back, well, then I don't need to spend as much energy in building, okay, here's what you need to fix your back. Some low back phase three exercises yeah. and a couple adjustments. I don't need to put a lot of resources into getting what you want because what you've told me you want doesn't require a lot of resources within the office. Yeah. And so I can still build a custom treatment plan. It's just going to be like, okay, this guy just wants his back fixed. He's probably going to be like twice a week for three weeks and he's going to be good after six visits. Mm-hmm. This other person is telling me a lot more information about what they want and about what brings them happy, what's going to bring them progress, what's going to bring them joy. And so what makes me happy as a chiropractor is when I impact someone's life mm-hmm. beyond their condition that brings in, right? But not everybody wants that. Yeah, Their patients just want relief or they want a Band-Aid or they want a quick fix. And so I think a lot of chiropractors get trapped, not understanding who those people are and giving every single person that walks in the same treatment plan because they don't know that those people don't want that. Right. There are marathoners that want custom functional training program to Mm -hmm. supplement my 16 week marathon training. And I need you to adjust me twice a week because that's what gets me in shape. Right. But they're not going to tell me that unless I ask the right questions. So if I try to give that to everybody, I'm going to turn off a lot of people. Mm-hmm. That's what I like about what you guys have going on is you're seeing a lot of people, but you're still tailoring it based on what they need and you're still trying to optimize it. And so I have a question for you. I talk a lot yeah. about the before unit, which is new patient marketing, the during unit, which is that patient experience, and then the after unit, which is 
when they're not in your practice anymore and you're just trying to stay top of mind, if you had to assess your practice right now, obviously it's all relative because we know you don't have a new patient problem and we know you don't have an office visit problem. But based on the fact that you and your team have such a growth mindset, you're always looking to improve, which one of those three before, during, and after are you trying to work on the most right now to, to grow your practice even more? It's a great question, Kevin. I put you on the spot. Tuesday morning, I cleared my desk off Monday and Tuesday morning was literally me thinking about my thinking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, explain that to our guests. We love that. So have you ever wanted to work on your practice, not in your practice? Oh, right? yeah. And so Tuesday morning is, we have our time set up again. Another strategic coach tool that Kevin and I both use is an entrepreneurial time system where you have free days, which are off, buffer days, which are your cleanup messes day and your focus days when you make money. Well, focus days for chiropractors is when you see patients. Tuesday morning is a buffer time for me. And so I had no charts on my desk. I shut my door to my office. I put on some good reading music and I did a impact filter on removing ourselves from one of the local insurance companies. So I've always been in network with all the insurance companies because it reduced the barrier of entry into our office. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of insurance companies reimburse differently and we would handle it different ways, right? Yeah. And so I said, the lowest check amount for us would be this insurance company because they only pay $36 a visit. What would happen if they went away? Mm-hmm. And what would that look like? I thought about the practice and I went through and I said, what is this criteria for success? What would this allow us to do? And well, the same insurance company also requires the most amount of paperwork. So hmm. I would get rid of paperwork headache. I would reduce the barrier of entry, but it would allow me to focus on asking the right kind of questions to figure out who that ideal patient is in our office. So thinking on my thinking is just sitting down and saying, okay, how do I bring clarity and confidence and capability back into my practice so I can plan my future? Perfect. Yeah, that's what we did. So to go back to your original question about what am I working on right now to improve next year? Hmm. Kevin, our goal for 2019 is to collect $2.5 million in the office. Okay. That's my financial goal. I like it. What do I need to do? What metric do I need to focus on to improve that? And I think the metric that I need to focus on is the during patient and the after patient experience, after patient marketing. Yeah. We started doing some functional strength training with clients and really expanding the level of rehab that they're exposed to. And I'm seeing a lot of good results, but I haven't done any internal marketing for old patients. Mm -hmm. So I think in the beginning of the year, I'm going to send a series of email blasts describing the new program and discussing the capabilities about how it can be custom tailored based on what they truly want. Uh, Is it better posture? Is it to squat without back pain? Is it to lose weight in a healthy way using the right type of exercise based on them? And so if I can increase the exposure of that Mm -hmm. to my current list and my past list, I think it'll drive more profit for the business. Perfect. Yeah, it's good. You know, sometimes you have to target one of those three. I mean, obviously we want to optimize all of them, but as you do your analytics and when we get into December, we can now start to get a picture of what 2018 was like. And you could say, okay, you know, like in my private practice, we had some interesting metrics that changed the amount of office visits per patient was up a little bit, which was nice. The amount of new patients we had was down a little bit because I got out of network completely with Florida Blue, which is the biggest insurance carrier. So kind of like what you're talking about, thinking about your thinking is like, I decided that what they were paying wasn't enough. So, but that's the biggest one. So I saw less new patients, not a lot less, but I definitely saw less. But what shot up was the office visit average of like 
the amount per visit was worth. So every office visit is worth a dollar amount and you should know these metrics in your practice. That went up. The value of every new patient went up. And so we actually came pretty close to the same revenue as the year before with one less associate. So I was by myself in Boca. So that is pretty good because our profits doubled. So you got to know all your metrics. And so sometimes you look at it, it's like, okay, this was the same or down or a little bit higher, but this was really good or this was really bad. So by doing that, you can then get a little more clarity on where you need to focus going into 2019 to try to bring that up without losing focus on the other things because you don't want one to go up and the other one to go down. <laughs> but the better you know your metrics, and we're going to be doing this in detail in the Chiropractic Success Academy this month in December, is for everybody to understand their metrics completely and then the base of 2019 marketing plan on that. So uh, I wanted to make sure I asked you that question. I'm glad you shared your insight because if I got rid of my Florida blue, could I see similar things happen? You know, I think we've done a really nice job in the last three years focusing on new patient acquisition. I can go back and look at, we were seeing an average when I joined the practice, 40 new patients, and now we're up to an average of 135 new patients a month. So yeah, that's substantial and you're optimizing that for sure. I think we've got a really nice system in place there and I'll tweak and tune as it needs, but I think the focus is going to be additional revenue sources. So personal injury and medical doctor marketing. And so I used your new patient form that you send out to your patients. I interviewed a spinal surgeon and I did the R question and the DOS with him. Yep. And I basically wrote him a letter using your new patient form that you have. Cool. And it just allowed me to actively listen to what he was talking about instead of just selling my practice. Yep. And we just talked about his biggest fears was he has limited resources for mechanical back pain patients who are non-surgical. And so I said, here's how we can help you using our leadership. We provide direction for them. We provide confidence and we provide Mm -hmm. capabilities. So you're trying to solve his biggest danger or fear. Yeah. (laughs) And so it was really neat. And the letter turned out really well. I'll share it to you in the Slack group. Yeah, Um, let's do that. Thank you. I just have one more question. I won't eat up too much more of your time. What's kind of one of the obstacles or struggles right now that the practice is seeing? And it, you know, sometimes it's just handling growth, but I'll tell you the biggest thing right now is we're producing too much volume for our billing group to catch up, gotcha. our billing department to catch up. So accounts yep. receivable need to hit some work. Just the literally the amount of bills that we send out and the amount that we're posting yep. takes so many man hours per week that we're not able to tackle some of our biggest problems. Yeah, And so tough. in 2019 and quarter one, we're going to get a billing service to help handle some of the man hour aspects of things so that our billing manager has more time to focus on problems. Okay. And then we're going to bring on another front desk slash billing person to increase the workload. So with growth comes more responsibility, more staff and stuff like that. Yeah. So, and then managing the staff, I think is the mm-hmm. third biggest challenge. So collections, the right staff, and then managing those staff are my biggest three challenges. It's one of those things, if you clean that up a little bit, that could really help go towards that 2.5 million. How many team members do you have right now? We have five full-time CAs, two assistants, two part-time CAs who are interns from local college, three doctors, two independent contractors who are massage therapists, two front desk, one full-time billing, one part-time billing, one full-time administrative marketing assistant. So 14. Perfect. Yeah. It's good growth. Yeah. All right. Any last words for audience? Uh, I know most of them know you pretty well and I appreciate you coming back on here and always looking forward to growing. I like it. Yeah. Again, I've been really into the R factor question, that Dan Sullivan question lately, both with communicating with other doctors, with using my external marketing, with using my internal 
communication with patients. So docs that are listening to this right now, I want you to sit down and take 10 minutes and say, if I were to listen to a Kevin and Blake podcast a year from today, and I was looking back over that year, what needs to have happened in my life for me to be happy, both personally and professionally, and make a list. And then go back and review your answers and highlight your top three things that you need to be happy, both personally and professionally, over the next year. And then once you've achieved that, post in the group or message Kevin or message me and share that. Because once you identify what you want, what makes you happy, you start to improve your clarity about what you want. And then when you share it with someone, you gain confidence by putting it out in the universe. And once you have clarity and confidence, you start to create capabilities for actually achieving some of your goals. That's a phenomenal way to end it. I hope everybody takes that question seriously. Answer that. Get clear. It's the end of 2018. Get clear for 2019 and let's have a great year. I appreciate your time, Blake. Yep. Have a good one. See you, Kevin. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.